Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. It is I, your hostess with the semi-mostest, Jessica. (laughs) And as always, I'm joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. So this episode is our July listeners episode. So I'm really excited because we love to hear stories from you guys. Yeah, they're our faves. And I'm excited because we have an announcement. Well, it's kind of an announcement that has already been made. Like, you guys should know it by now. But this is the first time we're talking about it on the podcast. And in, like, true form, we're actually talking about this before we announce it. (laughs) So. (laughs) It's all confusing. (laughs) So confusing if you try to follow along the timeline. Yeah. But anyway, on September 18th of this year, Tara and I will be celebrating our second year anniversary by hosting a different kind of live event. It is a live event that's going to not be on a Facebook page or an Instagram. It is going to be over a shared platform and it is actually a paid event. Tickets are really minimal. They're just $10. And we're really, really excited because we're going to be pulling out the stops. Basically, okay, so like, let me tell you the backstory on this. (laughs) Yes. Tara and I were planning a live, live event, like in person, going to like get a venue, that kind of stuff. Yeah. However, COVID happened. And when COVID happened, we were like, well, let's wait. And then let's wait. And then it just got to the point where we're like, well, we can't wait any longer because September is right around the corner. And we wanted to be able to do an event. We were planning on doing some sort of like streaming of it anyway. So we're just going to do it an all online live event. Tickets, you can get those through the link tree or our website on our socials. It's through just so that if anyone is wondering, the registration for it is through like an Eventbrite. So if you get to that point, you're like, wait, what is this? That's what we're doing. And there's two tiers of tickets. The first one is general admission. You get the show and all its glory and funness. Yes. And then there is a VIP ticket, which is a little bit more money. And that comes with a little fun goodies. And also it gets you an kind of like you would like an after session with Tara and I where there'll be like a fun Q&A and that kind of stuff. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm so excited. Jessica and I were honestly heartbroken that we could not have the live in-person event because obviously we think it'd be so much fun, but we are going to make this just as fun. So we hope that you guys will be excited with us. Come celebrate our second birthday. And we are also going to be donating 10% of our profits from this to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So it's also going to be for a good cause. It's going to be really great. And there's going to be some 
some other stuff, you know. So definitely come join us and uh, check it out. Yes. So we are definitely excited about that. And I know I'm really excited. I want it to be September already so we can do this. I know. But before we get down to our listeners, let's talk about our, you know, where you can find us on social and stuff like that. If you are new to this episode, this is the episode where we read spooky tales or true crime tales from our listeners. But if you want to hang out with us on social, the best places to do that is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. If you want to have a little bit more of a deep dive, talk about things, share funny memes, share cases, and stuff like that, you can head over to our Facebook group, which is Three Spooked Girls Official on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. Tara and I interact in there a lot. We try to make it a point. Sometimes you guys post so much. I'm like, did I get everyone? Did I? (laughs) We try our best. But it's great. There's a great community over there. We do watch parties. That's where we host a lot of our live events. It's in that group. And then if you want to help support the show, we have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com backslash three sweet girls. But there's different levels. And just something that to go along with the live event that we talked about, Tara and I donate 10% of that each month to a nonprofit. We have done like the Missing and Exploited Children's Fund. We've done to help like COVID relief and a few others. You know, we're always looking for what in the world we can help because we want to pay it forward. So if you want to support our show, it's go- it's also going to us supporting <laughs> good causes out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And also to link the live event, if our people who are at $25 and up, you will be getting a free general admission ticket. And if you'd like to upgrade to the VIP with the meet and greet and all of that Q&A, you can just get that for the regular admission price. So definitely let us know if you would like to come, all you 25 and up peeps, and we will get you taken care of. Yes. Well, that kind of wraps it up for our business we have to take care of at the beginning of each episode. So we're going to dive right into reading some spooky stories from our listeners. Yes. Just in case you're wondering where to send a story, if you would like us to read it on a future episode, you can either email it to us at threespookgirls at gmail.com or you can send it via the like page or any of our social DMs. There are character counts on some of those. So email's typically the best way. So just a little mention there. So the first story I'm going to read tonight comes from Max. Max says, Hi, I'm a new listener, but I wanted to say that I love your podcast, and when I first heard about other people's haunted stories, I had the biggest confidence of sharing my own story, too, with you. My family was always sensitive about supernatural things. It came up at one point where my grandma and my great-grandma cleansed me probably three times. I have endless stories of seeing, feeling, and hearing things. But for this case, I want to tell one story to you, and I hope I can share more with you in the future and maybe keep you posted, or just my experience for some things. This was about three to four years ago. My church was practicing our routine for our first communion. The only people allowed to church at that time was, of course, the people who work there, the kids who were having their first communion for the next day, and the family of all the students. My brother and I were probably in the sixth row, and I was sitting with my godmother, and my brother was sitting next to his godfather and our stepdad. In the middle of the pre-communion, my stepdad and my brother were giggling quietly. My stepdad was tickling my brother. They were doing this for about three minutes until this old woman turned back to them and just smiled. She had such a warm smile, but one thing that threw me off was that she was wearing a black dress, black shoes, and a black kind of hairpiece to keep her bun up. The reason that it threw me off was because my mom used to tell me that it didn't look right when you're wearing all black in a church when it's not a funeral. 
I don't know why this was, but she told me that everyone did this, so I just followed. By the end of pre-communion, we were all tired and really needed to go to the bathroom. My stepdad brother and I waited by the huge line to use the church bathroom. Now, I should probably tell how the bathroom is at my particular church. There are only two singular bathrooms with no windows, and the light switch was an actual light switch, not one of those sensory lights. So the three of us were waiting for our turn, and we don't look away from both bathrooms like we are eagle-eyeing those singular-use bathrooms. Then we see the old lady walking into one of the bathrooms. Before she closes the door, she looks back at me and smiles. She goes inside the bathroom, and as the door closes, I see the woman turn off the lights and just stared at me till the door shuts and locks it. By that time, I didn't want to go into the other bathroom because I was concerned if she might have fell in the bathroom since the lights turned off. My family was the last ones in the church, and I saw everyone coming out one by one of the bathrooms while the other was still, quote, at use. When I see that everyone except my family left the church, I start to get really worried, and I tell my godmother about it since she works at the church and has the keys. My stepdad and I go behind my godmother and see her unlock the bathroom door into a pitch black empty room. My godmother was so confused as me and my stepfather looked at each other with fear in our eyes and had a pale face. Once we explained the situation to my godmother, she had the same look as us. My mom said that maybe she left and left the door locked, but the thing is that no one can lock the door unless you're inside the bathroom or had the key. I went home that day scared and confused. The next day, my first communion was here. Everything was normal except that old lady that was supposed to sit in front of my brother and his godfather was not there. I looked around just to make sure if she sat somewhere else, but she was nowhere to be seen. Thank you for reading my story. I do have more and hope to share them with you. I love you both and your podcast. Aw, we love you too. Thanks. (laughs) Yes, and if you have the conclusion of that story, like what happened, like if the lady came back, Mm -hmm. we would like to know. (laughs) Right, if you you ever saw her again. (laughs) I I am so curious about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my first story comes from Alex. And it is a grandma ghost story. And, you know, I have a feeling grandmas, like, just come back as ghosts because the amount of we've read on the show, I'm like, <laughs> which one? I'm very bitter that mine doesn't come back and hang out with me. Just saying. No. I love you. You could come hang out with me. <laughs> it's fine. She frequents my dreams, so it's okay. Okay. And like I said, this is coming from Alex. I remember I left my then-girlfriend, now-wife's house, really late at night. Her family and I were playing games, and time got away from us. Back then, I lived in an apartment about 20 minutes away. I didn't realize how tired I was, and my eyelids were getting heavy, and I was beginning to swerve. I blinked and saw someone standing by my window. I was driving close to 40 miles per hour, but someone was standing right out of my window, just looking at me. My wife's grandma had passed away a few months before, but the person looked just like her. I shook my head in disbelief and was wide awake after that all the way home. I explained the next day to my wife what had happened. The color of her face vanished as I described the type of clothing she had on. I was able to make out a red sweater she was wearing that was absolutely her favorite, but that was nothing I would have particularly have known. I really believe her grandmother kept me safe that night as I was driving on the road surrounded by agriculture. No immediate help could have been available. I always like when it's like a good ghost, you know, like right? a good ghost out there helping. I know. Same. It's always so sweet. I don't like it when it's a bad ghost. Me either. <laughs> All right. Well, since we are halfway through the episode, we are going to take our quick break to say thank you to all of our new patrons that we've had since the last listener episode and also those who have increased their donations. We want to say thank you to Angela, Aaron, 
John from Creepypod, which, by the way, if y'all ain't listening to that, do it. It's very good. D, Molly, Jackie, Anna, Brooke, Elisa, who also has an amazing podcast called Fatalities, Rainbow, Jessica V, Megan, Aaron, Jamie for increasing to our $5 tier, Catherine, Elizabeth, Nina, Sandra, Madison for increasing to our $5 tier, Lindsay, Cynthia, Crystal, and Amy for increasing to our $5 tier. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Seriously, we could not do it without you. And we are just so grateful and mind blown every time we get a new patron. So y'all are the best. Thank you so much. Yes, we love you guys and we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for your support. I really hope you love the content we put out on there. Okay, so my second story for the evening, morning, whatever time of day you're listening to this, comes from Melissa. So Melissa says, Hi, Spookster fam. I wanted to share a sequence of personal events with you. There's so much to tell, but I don't want to hoard time, so here you go. My paternal great-grandmother was born from the Cherokee Nation. She married into a Caucasian family, creating the bloodline that my father was born from. She intrigued my great-grandfather with her spirituality and intuitiveness, and together they became spirit cleansers in their small town of Bells, Tennessee. This consisted of the locals asking them to come in and cleanse their houses of any and all negative energies. One funny story about them is that my great-grandmother was blessing a house one day, and a ball of flames shot out from a unlit fireplace. This caused my great-granddad to run out the door and into the street yelling, Let's go, Ma! <laughs> no shit, like, get the fuck out! <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. I know. The family talks of how my great-grandmother has passed on her sixth sense down the family tree and I being one of those receivers. I never feel like I'm alone, even when I physically am. All of my life, I have seen and heard things otherworldly. I'm very empathetic to others, and I always feel like I'm longing for something from another place or time. I have had one outer body experience that I can remember and suffer occasionally from sleep paralysis. Over the years, I've got good at blocking out most things because there were many times I didn't perceive any of it as a gift, but more of a curse. I even managed to develop some personal techniques against sleep paralysis. The only thing I never really minded was being an empath, so I thought I had everything pretty much under control. But then my son was born and all of that changed. I started to pay more attention to my experiences again, I guess, because I was on mom mode. What got my attention the most is my son showing signs of experiencing things too. I didn't really notice anything with him until around a year old. He would laugh and mumble while looking towards a corner or the ceiling of a room. More specifically, in my bedroom. He would point his chubby little fingers to the ceiling and laugh. I tried to rationalize it as he was amused by the shadows from the sunlight, but our dog would come into the room and start to growl and bark at that same corner and ceiling. When my son was about three years old, he would tell me about the man that would stand on our property. By then, my husband and I were living with my parents because we bought adjoining property to them and were building on it. My son always seemed to be preoccupied with the property and would try to wander down that way when we were outside. He would point to the woods and just stare. I finally asked him what did he see. He said, a man. I said, what man? He said, no eyes, and stuck his fingers up to his eyes and pulled his eyelids down and said, no eyes, mama. That made my stomach fall into my feet and seems like the beginning of many things to come. My parents' place was not my childhood home. They had bought the property after I married. It was unoccupied and had no structures when they built on it. My husband and I had the same idea and bought the property besides them. It is all secluded and on a dead end surrounded by woods. One night, I was washing my clothes in my parents' laundry room. 
Their laundry room door looked out onto my property. As I was looking out the door's window, I saw a very tall, extremely skinny, hairless creature with long arms and fingers walking towards my property. It sounds like Slenderman. Ew. It looked like a very deformed man. I fell back startled against the wall and slowly peered out back because I didn't want it to see me, but it was gone. I wasn't sure if I wanted to live on the property anymore, but it was too late and it was time to move in. From then on, my son and I experienced multiple encounters on the land. Typical encounter stereotype, my husband did not because he was never home. He was a truck driver. One specific incident that defined my son and mine's shared connection with the spiritual world was the sound of something bipedal walking outside the house after we moved in between 9 and 10 p.m. every night for the first week. There was something knocking on his bedroom window accompanied by knocking on the kitchen window for several nights in a row. One night, I had enough and I challenged it. I sat facing the kitchen window with the blinds pulled up so I could face whatever it was, but it never happened that night or again. At least not in that way. After that, we heard walking through the house and on the roof of the house. The dog would even react, running and barking through the house thinking that it knew where it was, but come back looking perplexed. One night, it even sounded like it ran through one outside wall to another, through the kitchen making the pans rattle on the island. My son and I dealt with many different little experiences over the next eight years, and then we sold the place and moved out due to his father and mine divorce. Now it's 2020 and my son is 19. I moved back in with my parents to help take care of my father and continue to feel like something is watching me from the land when I'm outside. I even occasionally hear something walking outside my bedroom window. This just proves what I always believed was that the land itself had something spiritual on it. Now that my son is older, he will occasionally go into greater details about his experiences. Not too long ago, he asked me if I remembered no eyes. I said yes. He asked me if I remember the walking on the roof. I said yes. He said, I think it was him because it sounded like boots, and that's what he was wearing on his feet. Thank you guys so much for listening to my encounters. I don't talk to many people about them, so it's nice to have this platform. Keep doing what you're doing, Tara and Jess. It's amazing. I love this community that you've built. Spookster for life. Aw. We love you too. Yeah. We do. We love you guys so much. I would be so terrified if I saw something like that. Literally. I saw TikTok. They were like, they caught a Splendor Man. Ew. It was like on all fours. I did not appreciate that TikTok. Mm -mm. I had to watch The Little Mermaid. (laughs) Who the fuck just posted this online for me to find at two in the morning when I have insomnia? Oh my God. I cannot. Yes. So our next and final story for the evening comes from Rebecca. Hey there, my name is Rebecca and I have some dreamy ghost stories for you. So I recently started to hone my witchy vibes and get into spiritualism, but sadly I have no psychic skills of my own. Believe me, it's all I've ever wanted. But I've always loved the paranormal and have had one trick up my sleeve. After a close family member or friend dies, they visit me in my dreams. I feel that. Mm-hmm. So hard. Tara knows. Yep. Same Z's. Mm-hmm. The first time I recall this happening is when my brother-in-law died. He was barely 23 and passed away from a rare and aggressive form of brain cancer. He took his last breath surrounded by his family in a hospice on my 21st birthday. When he was first diagnosed, my then boyfriend, now husband, and I decided to move in with him when his roommate bailed on him on the account of too many family members were coming to visit. That is the lamest excuse to bail on someone. Literally. If you're listening and you're that person, you're a fuckhead. And you know. (laughs) You know what you did. I digress. (laughs) He wanted as much independence as possible in the last year, but unfortunately needed more assistance. 
His name was Joe, and he was a wonderful person. Such a kind man. He was given a year to survive after the initial diagnosis, and that's all he was given. He came to me in a dream a few months later. I remember seeing him in a hospital gown sitting on the back of an ambulance. I ran over to him and gave him a hug and started crying. I told him how happy I was to see him and that I missed him, and he just smiled and told me not to cry and said, look at me. I'm happy. I'm no longer in pain, and I'm healthy. He never told me, but I knew this was a message that he wanted me to tell his brother. When I woke up, I was happy and sad at the same time. What I realized is that the next day when I woke up, it was August 1st, which would have been his 24th birthday. The next story is actually about my friend who was in a coma. He was involved in a car accident when someone ran a red light on the opposite direction and hit him head on. Even with his seatbelt on, he flew headfirst, shattering the windshield and landed on the road. When his parents and the police arrived, they almost pronounced him dead. He survived, though. He was in a coma for seven days, and during this time, he visited my dreams. We were at a bowling alley, and he was acting like nothing was going on, or didn't know what was going on. We had a good time. His confidence made me feel reassured that he was going to be okay, and he was. Miraculously, a few days later, he came out of the coma. Before he awoke, I had visited him in the hospital. He actually had the most visitors on the floor, and we all had to wait our turns and had limited time to see him. When he came out, He recalled everyone who had seen him and what they had said and even physical details of what had gone on while they were there. It was incredible. He's still doing well to this day, but does have lasting effects from a brain injury. The last story is about my friend Brett, who died a few years ago. It was sudden. He was only 35 and had a history of cancer in his early life that left him with a long medical condition, including high blood pressure. His family was very wealthy and very stuck up. And on his 18th birthday, they said, surprise, here's all your cancer medical bills. You're on your own. For the lack of family love, he was rich in friends. He was kind and funny and smart. Not one person disliked him. And he was a very pure joy to be around. He was alone in the apartment watching his parents' dogs when they found him almost dead, lying unconscious on the floor. He had had high blood pressure and ran out of his pills. Wait, so his parents were like, here... We don't want to pay for your medical anymore because you're 18, but please watch our dog. Mm, I would have told them to fuck off. And that would have been my very first comment. I'd have been like, uh, the money you're saving on my medical bills, you can pay for a kennel. Literally. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Although anyone would have helped him pay for his prescription that knew him, he never asked for help, likely a product of his upbringing by his shitty parents. He was unconscious in the hospital bed, but woke up long enough to ask his parents to call his best friend who rushed to the hospital. He died shortly. As I said before, this was a total shock to his friends, and we were all worried if it hadn't been for his friend showing up, we would have never known what had happened to him. Brett came to see me a few weeks later. This dream was very sad. It was like we knew that he wasn't supposed to be here. We knew he was going to leave us. We held each other and cried, and he said, I don't want to leave. It was a heartbreaking dream. My sister, who was close to him, had a dream about him too. I think he was making the rounds to say goodbye to everyone. Her dream was similar to mine. On another note, I've had dreams of my past pets, and they like to pop in every once in a while. Thanks for sharing my stories. Well, you are definitely welcome, Rebecca. And I feel you on that. I have the same thing sometimes. And it's sad and wonderful all at the same time. For sure. Well, that's going to wrap it up 
for us this month for our listeners episode. If you want to have your story read like we did today, go ahead and message us like Tara mentioned earlier. You can email us at threespookedgirls at gmail.com or DM us on our like page or Instagram. But like she said, sometimes those have character limits. So email doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And we will catch you on Thursday for another episode. Bye. Bye, guys.